0: Book of Proverbs tonight, Proverbs chapter number 1 is where we'll get started, Proverbs chapter number 1, and then we'll read one verse of Scripture to get us going, and then we'll be in, I think it's five different uh, places in the book of Proverbs tonight, and so uh, I trust uh, uh, we are ready to uh, hear from the Word of God. I've enjoyed this study. I joked earlier that we're at 35, we're halfway there. We really may be halfway there. Uh, But uh, it's been an enjoyable study for me, and I love the way the Lord just gives it very practically. And uh, the Bible tells us how we can be saved. The Bible gives assurance of our salvation, but the Bible tells us how to live. And the Bible tells us how to to deal with certain situations, every situation, how to to deal with different types of people. And so uh, we'll look at another one uh, this evening in Proverbs chapter number 1, and I want you to look with me at verse number 8. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Tonight we are going to be dealing with disloyalty. Tonight is a subject that um, a lot of people don't like, but it's something that needs to be taught. Uh, Dealing with disloyalty. And so you uh, follow along, I'll pray, and then I've got, oh, about a dozen or so statements, and then we'll get into the outline, Uh, but uh, we'll be out uh, by tomorrow morning, I assure you. Uh, Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the practical applications we can make. We thank you for the principles that we can establish in our life. Father, I pray that you would use the Bible study tonight as you have Uh, Each and every Wednesday uh, for so many weeks. Uh, Father, may uh, we understand the importance of what is being taught tonight. May we position ourselves accordingly. Uh, We ask for your will to be done, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're dealing with the disloyal tonight. That's the, the Bible study as we deal with all these different characters and we see different characters and we're reminded. Uh, of what to be and what not to be. Uh, The Bible tells us there's some things that if we do, then we become this character, whether it be good or bad, Uh, how to deal with these different uh, characters and character traits. And so tonight is no different, dealing with the disloyal. Now let me give you a few uh, simple definitions, and we'll get into the, the study tonight. The word disloyal simply means not true to allegiance. So loyal is true to allegiance, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's as simple as this, we're in the middle of football season. And some, no matter how bad you are, you're still loyal, as you should be. I mean, that's why you're still a Gator fan all these years. I mean, I mean you're loyal. There's some allegiance. As simple as that. That's loyalty. Disloyalty is not true to allegiance. Uh, and so uh, we sit, look at the, what the, the definition of disloyalty is. Okay, now notice in verse number 8, you say, Pastor, I, I, I'm looking for that in verse number 8. You find it in the word forsake. Yep. The word forsake means to quit or leave entirely, yeah, right. to desert, mm-hmm. to abandon, to depart from. Yep. What Solomon is saying to his son is keep your allegiance to what you have been taught. Keep your allegiance to the instruction of your father. Keep your allegiance to the law of your mother. They saying keep that allegiance, but that word forsake, to quit or leave entirely, to desert, to abandon, to depart from. Uh, we can judge, and I we'll use the football analogy again, we can judge everybody's allegiance. Well, their allegiance is not what mine is. Their allegiance isn't what I think it should be. Uh, you can do that. We look at the political scene today. We look at what's going on in our country and like, well, my allegiance is here. Their allegiance should be there. It should be. You, should, you, you, you may be right, but that word forsake and disloyal is to leave entirely. It is to desert, to abandon, have nothing to do with. It is to change your allegiance. I had allegiance, and I no longer have this allegiance. Now, that word loyal, we hold allegiance. You and I should be loyal to this book right here. You should should hold to that. To be disloyal is to forsake the allegiance. Uh, the same is true in our homes, in our churches, in our nation. We have a mess. One of the reasons is, is because uh, we aren't, the, loyalty is not emphasized in the way that perhaps it was in the past. Now, let me make some statements about loyalty because I'm sure there's a lot of opinions about what loyalty and disloyalty is, and I'll take my time to go through these because I want there to be, it be very, very clear when we talk about loyalty, Loyalty out of convenience is not the same as loyalty out of conviction. Loyalty out of convenience is not the same as loyalty out of conviction. You should be loyal to your home out of conviction, not out of convenience. You should be loyal to uh, your Savior out of conviction. You, the, the beliefs that you live by, those should be convictions, not convenience. Too many times we as people in general... We're loyal as long as it's, com- uh, it's convenient. Uh, next statement as far as introduction. Loyalty is not agreement. For you and I to disagree does not mean there's disloyalty. There's, there's a politician that I, I won't name because everybody will different sides of different things. But if you have a different opinion, you're disloyal. That's disagreement. Um. But a lot of times we treat people that way. Right. On, you and I can disagree, and as your pastor, I can still be loyal to you. And as your pastor, you can still be loyal to me. Right. 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 Even though we have a disagreement. We, we need as Christians to have the grace of God, the Spirit of God, and just some maturity that if there's a disagreement... You can realize you're wrong and get on the same page. That's the way we think. But that is not necessarily disloyalty or loyalty. It means I have an opinion, you have an opinion. That's agreement. is Loyalty is not agreement. Uh, loyalty is not to personality, but loyalty is to principle. We This study, I hope, has been one reason it's been so good for us is because it's taking all the emotion out. Solomon is teaching and said, do this or don't do this. Right. You do this, you go this way, this is the result. You go this way, this is the result. There's no emotion about how you feel about it or not. Right. Right. The same is true when it comes to loyalty. It's not to personality. If I, a lot of times I have a, an affection for this person or not to this person or, or we misunderstand, it should be to this person, now we're going to show the Bible in the book of Proverbs that there are people we're supposed to be loyalty to, loyal to, but that's a principle, that's not their personality. That doesn't mean if I have a disagreement that I don't have... No, there's, there's principle there. Is this making sense so far? Disloyalty chooses personality, but loyalty chooses principle. Well, this person did something that I don't agree with, so therefore... Well, whether you do agree or not, we've already said loyalty is not agreement or disagreement. There's principles involved that establish our position of loyalty. Principles, I've already said, disloyalty chooses personality, but loyalty chooses principle. On the heels of that, principles are, though, embodied in people and institutions. Uh, There are principles embodied in a parent. So whether you agree or not, there's some principles that say, young people, there's some loyalty you should have to your mom and dad. You can disagree with your pastor. You can disagree with someone in your church. But that institution of the church, there are principles embodied in that that we're supposed to be loyal to. Loyalty is not circumstantial. Well, depending on the circumstances, it's not circumstantial. Loyalty is always loyal. Loyalty is not neutral. If you're neutral, you, it's, you can't be loyal. You know, if, if somebody attacks our nation, foreign armies, leave Washington, D.C. I mean, leave and come to another shore, our shores, and try and harm our families. Well, I'm just trying to stay out of it. No, you're disloyal. You're not loyal. because it's, it's neutral. It's not neutral. Loyalty, everybody okay? Loyalty will never ask you to be disloyal to principle. Loyalty will never ask you to be disloyal to principle. For example, young people, a friend may come to you and say, I'm your friend, so you need to do this even though it's against what your parents want you to do. Loyalty, so if they do that and they put themselves and you to the test, I thought you were my friend. Or here's one, I thought you were my family. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't you loyal to your family? Loyalty never asks you to be disloyal to principle. Right. Because if you're doing what you think, okay, that's lo- and disloyalty is not going to ask you to be disloyal. Right. Disloyalty is a fatal character flaw. It leads to discord sowing. It leads to evil. Also, disloyalty, I haven't even got to the outline yet. Isn't this good? Disloyalty breeds disloyalty. Pastor, why why would you make an emphasis on this? Because disloyalty breeds disloyalty. If you put a disloyal person with a loyal person, before long you'll have two disloyal people. I keep hinting some of you need to go delete some people off of social media. You may have to get your wife's phone and delete some contacts. Because if you have a disloyal person, before long you'll have two. I mean, if you plant an apple seed, are you going to get an orange seed, an orange tree? Absolutely not. If you have disloyalty, it will never breed loyalty. It will only breed disloyalty. Loyalty is a command, not an option. It's a command. It's not God's commands are not well. If I feel like it, if it's easy, if it, living my principles is not easy, I mean it's easy. A lot of times we come in here and say Amen, and we're all. But then when you go out, I mean you have to live it. Loyalty is a command, not an option. Words like forsake not, which we'll see several times tonight. Words like keep, bind, obey, follow. These are words of command. Proverbs is a father instructing his son not only in the way he should go, but also in the fact he should be loyal to the way. Because it is a command. Here's the last one and we'll get into the outline. God is not disloyal. Aren't you glad God is not disloyal? When he makes a commitment to you, he keeps that commitment. From a practical, practical application. I mean, there were several times when Abraham... Went astray or got sidetracked, but God was loyal, kept His word. When you trust trusted Christ as your Savior, God's loyal. Amen. But let me illustrate a couple other ways I think will be a help to us tonight. God many times speaks of following counsel. We're going to look at that on a different Wednesday night, dealing with counselors. God many times speaks of following counsel. I think we would agree tonight that he has established his word as the source of counsel. So all counsel we get should be based in this book. Be careful going to Google. Be careful going to Wikipedia. And when I say be careful, don't, when it comes to life, uh, counsel comes from here. So... He has established, God has established his word as the source of counsel. But God has also established in order our system of counsel based on his word. Brother Montgomery, I'll have you stand right there. Brother Cruz, I'll have you stand right here. God has established the home. Everybody with me? And he has given the head of the home. You're the head of your house, right? Yes, sir. Ms. Aaron? Okay, he's the head of his house. All right. God says, I'm go, I want you to be the counselor in the home. So I'm going to give you the source of counsel, and men, every one of us, are to take the source of wisdom, where God has established His counsel, and we are to read it, we are to incorporate it, so that we can help our wives, so we know how to help our children, so we can train them up in the way they should go. How are we... So I'm training them up. Well, if you're not training them based on the counsel that you got from God. Right. Right. So God said, I'm going to establish the head of the house and I'm going to give them the source of counsel. Okay, thank you. He also comes, and I'll let you represent the pastor. He also comes to his under-shepherd. And he gives him the source of counsel. Right. Right. And he says, you use that source of counsel for the people that I've placed under you as my under-shepherd. So you use that to teach the people, instruct the people every Wednesday night. Every time I come to this pulpit, I'm giving us counsel from this book. That's where we get counsel. So he's established counsel in our lives. that all comes from here. Thank you, Brother Cruz. So he's established a source of counsel. He's established in the home, the order by which he gives counsel. In the church, he establishes the pastor. That does not mean an eight-year-old child cannot read the Bible and get something for it. But he is not the counselor of the home. It does not mean, and I implore you to daily read your Bible. And the more you're in your Bible and the more you're praying and the more you're living according to the Word of God, the less work I have to do. Now, Anytime you want an appointment with me, you call me, text me, email me, send me a smoke signal, and I will meet with you. I mean, that, that is, I am, I, am, I am open, and you know that. But if I'm doing my job and you're doing your job, we don't have to get together that much. You know why? Because this is the source of counsel. So there's some scenarios that can take place that circumvent what God has established as His counsel. I'm making a point. I'm going somewhere. For example, there's been times when couples have come to me and said, God told me to do this, and I don't want your opinion on it. I want you to approve this on the spot, even if you believe it's against Bible principle, and we want to keep doing everything we want to do, and you just go stand in the corner. Now not this hasn't happened this doesn't happen every time, but it's happened several times in the last couple of years. What they are saying is God is disloyal. On a side note, it's interesting every time God does that, God always tells them to go where the wise family is. It's amazing. Coincidence. What they are saying is God is disloyal. They're saying God is disloyal to His Word because if a 19-year-old kid who's living in his daddy's house comes up to him and says, I don't care what you have to say. God told me something different. What they're saying is God is disloyal to His Word because in His Word He's established that there is a spiritual head of the house. What they're saying is, and this is why I make this point, because They're good at their words, and some of you are falling prey to this. What they're saying is God is disloyal to his own word. Because in his word, he said, I give counsel to the under-shepherd, and to say that he would bypass dad and bypass the pastor, saying God is not even loyal to his own word. They're saying he's not even loyal to his church. They're saying he is not even loyal to his under-shepherd, the pastor. I'm just trying to establish tonight, God is not disloyal. And it is at the very best dishonest to pull God into your disloyalty. It's a slander to say he is disloyal to this book. So loyalty or disloyalty, there's a reason why several times Solomon is instructing his son and says, forsake not. Don't give up your allegiance. I've used the illustration before because I was born into the pastor's home, born into a preacher's home, and all the privilege that I received and what I was exposed to. For me to do anything else other than I'm doing, no matter what I face in my life, it would be disloyalty to what God has done for me. It's a big deal. Number one. (laughs) Chapter one, verse eight. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. The disloyal are revealed of the abandonment of their parents' faithful instruction. If I want you to help me tonight. I want you to participate. If you have a teenager sitting over here, mom and dad, would you stand up for, for, with, for me for just a moment? If you have a teenager sitting over here? See who all the old people are standing up? Young people, listen to me. Your mom and dad standing, that's where your loyalty is. It's not to a cousin. It's not to somebody on social media, which, delete your social media accounts. It's not somebody, some friend. It's your mom and dad. Don't leave what they've taught you. Be loyal to them. Thank you can sit down. That's how it's revealed. Number two, turn with me to chapter number four. I told you I'd move quick once I got here. Chapter 4, verse number 2. For I, this will help you tonight if you'll let it. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. Don't abandon it. Don't forsake it. Be loyal to it. Number 2, the disloyal forsake doctrine. Now, we can think of, well, there's a doctrine of salvation, and that is certainly a vital doctrine. But the disloyal forsake that doctrine. The, the, the doctrine of the local church is still a doctrine. The doctrine of an under shepherd and the oversight is still a doctrine. Just like separation and holiness and Salvation and all those other doctrines. See, Pastor, this is a little harsh. No, this is not harsh. This is this is important for you and I to understand. Don't be enticed. I'm teaching this. I'm not I'm not teaching tonight to to people who are not here. I'm teaching to people who are here. Don't be enticed by that slick teacher on the internet. Don't be enticed by some other pastor you run into. Don't be enticed by some book you get from a so-called Christian uh, 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 a minister. Don't be enticed by that because you've been taught good doctrine. should be loyal to it. So he says, I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. Number three, same chapter. Look at me in verse 5 and 6. Get, what's the next word? Wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Mouth. Forsake her not. Who is he talking about? Talking about wisdom. Forsake her not and she shall, what's that word? Preserve thee. Love her and she shall keep thee. Number three, the disloyal are not protected by wisdom. My Bible tells me That wisdom protects me. If you live by this book, you have a protection. You will be protected. That's what the Bible says. So I want to live under the protection of wisdom. Now, you and I have all made stupid mistakes, haven't we? We've all made stupid decisions. The kids don't say stupid. But we've all made dumb decisions. All of us have. And when we make those decisions, we open ourselves up to the consequences. But I could live under the protection of wisdom. So there's, young people, there's, there's an advantage to staying, to not departing from. There's an advantage to that. Wisdom protects you. Wisdom provides safety for you. You say, "Well, Pastor, why? 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 You know, you're you you're making, and I've been making a point every Wednesday on these things. But I want you to be safe. I want you to be protected. I want you to understand the benefits of wisdom. Number four. We've only got five tonight. Chapter twenty-seven. And verse 10, thine own friend and thy father's friend, forsake not. Number four, the disloyal, abandoned relationships. You know where your friends are? They're right here. That person on Facebook is not your friend. That person who would try and convince you that God is disloyal is not your friend. Young people, your parents are your friend. Parents, your children, well, you're a friend to them, whether you want to be or not. We're, we have friends. We should be loyal to them. I, I reference you back to what I've made a statement about disloyalty. Disloyalty breeds disloyalty, but disloyalty is not disagreement. Young people, you can disagree with your mom and dad. There's a lot of 18, 19, 20-year-old rebels they get to 18, 19, 20, or even a little older, and they think they have some wisdom now because they read something on the internet. And they, did, they think mom and dad did some things wrong. You can disagree with something your mom and did in your house and your upbringing, but you don't have to be disloyal to them. There are young people who grew up in this church. You and I can disagree. And God may even take you somewhere else. But we don't have to be enemies. Because we can disagree. But when we cross that point of disloyalty, remember, we're supposed to be loyal to principle. There's principles of friendship that we will teach on. I'm supposed to be a friend... In the good times, in the bad times, in the easy times, in the hard times, that's friendship. And the Bible tells us that when God gives us a friend, He's given us a gift. Disloyalty will abandon that relationship. I want to focus on that second part of verse number 10. From that first phrase, thine own friend, notice it, and thy father's friend. You say, my father's friend, they're all old. We got nothing in common. The point here is God is, Solomon, God is teaching through Solomon to his son. There are some relationships that are important to God for you to keep. There's some friendships that it's important for you to keep. Speaking of Father's friends being old guys. I don't see him tonight. Is your dad here? Vicky. I don't see him. Brother Victor. Oh, there he is. Back there. It's been a long time since I've used this illustration, Brother Victor. <laughs> he is my third and fourth grade Sunday school teacher. All those years ago. I am what I am because of. Those formative years with Victor Bland. There's a principle here. Remember that word principle? Now, he taught me in Sunday school. I'm now his pastor. He's many, many, many years older than me. But I'm his friend. And I will not forsake that relationship. Say, what if he disagrees with you? I will not forsake that relationship. What if he doesn't give you anything in return? I will not forsake that relationship. Because there's something sacred to that relationship. I can use this as an illustration because all across the building, there's many of you that you literally watched me grow up. This is just as weird for you as it is for me. <laughs> I see Mrs. Wiles sitting there. When we opened our Christian school, she was my elementary teacher. Her husband, who is in heaven, was a deacon here for so many years. I'm loyal to that relationship. You can take this however you want to take it. I hope it helps us tonight. You can kick dirt in my face. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm not leaving those relationships. I, there, there have been opportunities, and I only say this for this reason, for me to look elsewhere, but well, I'm not leaving these relationships. They're sacred to me. I'm not going to leave them. There's a principle there that I'm not abandoning. If God wants me to do something, I don't have to abandon one relationship to do it. If God is in it, you won't have to lose relationships. Well, how do you know if, if, if I'm being loyal or disloyal? How about your father's friends? How about those relationships? Are you losing them? Because principle says that I can keep those relationships. Now, again, we don't have to agree. The disloyal abandon relationships. Oh, stay loyal to the Word of God, follow its path, follow its instruction. These these areas where Solomon says forsake not you and I should grab a hold of that and and that's a very specific command. I shouldn't abandon. I shouldn't I shouldn't turn my back on. I shouldn't let go of that allegiance. How to hold to those relationships? We're so flippant with the relationships God has given us, and, and we, we don't pray for one another, and we mistreat one another. We we don't thank God for one another like we should. And we, that's the wonderful thing about a, a local church is God gives us these relationships, and I'll never understand somebody who says, well, I'm just a little dissatisfied, so I'm going to leave all the relationships I have and go somewhere else. Why would you want to leave the relationships God's given you? And by the way, young people, if you, if you really care about your mom and dad, you won't make them cry. If I'm going to make anybody mad, it's not going to be my friend's or my father's friend. And I've paid a, I mean, if you'll permit me to say it, I've paid some heavy prices because I wouldn't forsake my friends. Because I I want to be loyal to the principle. You say, was it easy? No, there's a principle inside of me that says you you stick with your friends. That's a relationship God has put in your life. If he doesn't want you to be friends anymore, he'll take the relationship out of your life. Number five, the one we've all been looking for. If you'll let me, this will help us because the devil's subtle. He says a lot of things that sound right, but they aren't. Chapter 28. And and by the way, I'm friends with everybody that wants to be my friend. Anybody wants to be my friend. Say, well, they have to be a church member. No, I have lots of friends. I'm a very popular guy. <laughs> I have, I'm friends with people that I don't agree with. Just don't ask me to violate my principles. Chapter 28, verse 4, and this is the last one. Everybody good? Amen. They that forsake the law praise the wicked. So the definition of forsake, to quit or leave entirely, to desert, to abandon, to depart from. So an 18 and 19-year-old that turns around and walks out on everything mom and dad has done. Somebody who throws aside everything, set the pastor aside, Sunday school teachers and, and Christian school teachers and people who've prayed He's saying, they that forsake the law praise the wicked. I did not write that. Well, Pastor, he's going to say, if you don't agree with him, he's just going to say that this is the reason why. Was with it. No, Solomon said, they that forsake the law praise the wicked. But watch this. But such as keep the law, contend with them. Let's use some logic. Can we do that tonight? Is it too late? If you and I are getting along, fine. And I'm contending with the wicked, and all of a sudden, you and I are not getting along. What has changed? Number five, the disloyal to Bible principle will become adversarial to the loyal. The scene plays out over and over. Pastor, can I talk to you? Sure. Sure. God has told me something I've decided. What, what, do you want me to pray? No, I don't want you to pray about it. But what do you want? I just want you to approve it so we can go about our business. Okay. I know how that works. The moment that position is taken, and again, you don't have to, I don't have to agree with you. You don't even have to ask counsel of me. But if you come with the argument that God is disloyal, the moment it happens, I don't know what pastor's problem is. Here's the problem. The disloyal to the Bible principle become adversarial to the loyal. I, I love you. I love everybody in here. I promise you, I've prayed for you more than any other man of God has prayed for you. I've prayed for you more than that person on Facebook or Instagram or all those syrupy words. I promise you, I have. I have fought the devil for you. I prepare to come preach, and unless you've done it, you'll not know the the, the, the struggle in the soul that you enter into when you stand between the living and the dead. Never understand it. But I, 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 I love you, but I'm not changing for any of you. I'm not leaving this book for anybody. I've told my my own children. So you better make your children. And I I thank God for my children. I've got good kids. They're more like me than they're... Anyway, i got good kids. (laughs) They're not a finished product yet. I know that. But one thing they've known since they were little girls. You go against this, daddy ain't going with you. He's not going with you. And when you pick a husband, you decide how awkward you want Thanksgiving to be. Because I can't pretend. See, see, but I don't understand what the big deal is. Because I have to become the enemy. I have to become the adversary. why do you why do you deal with certain things the way you deal with it because the moment that that this that this loyalty to principle that line is crossed uh, there's the bible principle there they forsake the law praise the wicked you say but th- i know they go to church you know you know wicked people can go to church Matter of fact, the Bible calls a lot of discord sowing wicked. He calls, uh, he calls a lot of things wicked that a lot of Christians do. I know we look down our nose at those that are bound by the sins of this world, and, and they need Jesus, and they, they, you got to stay away from those things. But that ain't all the Bible calls wicked. Matter of fact, if somebody would get somebody to go against mom and dad, that's pretty wicked. If somebody would put a wedge in between a pastor and her people, that's pretty wicked. If somebody will get on the Internet and make a little comment, that's pretty wicked. If somebody will send you text messages and and all that, that's pretty wicked. If somebody will say, well, I don't know why he's so upset. I don't know what the big deal is. God just spoke to us and God told us. and, And I don't know why God didn't tell him. What's wrong with the pastor that God wouldn't tell him? See, I'm the enemy. Because the moment it happens, there's an adversarial position. I still love you. I'm going to go about my business. That's the way it always works. Mom and Dad, this will help you. Young people, you better listen to me. Don't listen to somebody else who's done nothing for you. Done nothing for you. So, well, I don't, I don't understand why they, you know, because there's an adversarial position. Because there's loyalty and, dislo- and, and, and disloyalty, and they do not mix. They don't mix. I don't want to be on the wrong team. I don't want to be on the wrong side. Disloyalty is a big deal. You and I can disagree. And there's, and, and there's a lot of people who I wish they were sitting in this church right now. And if they call me and say, "Pastor, you going to get something?" Absolutely, let's go do it. And I do that from time to time. I say, Pastor, you do that? I'm not their adversary. I'm their friend. Even when they don't come, if they're not faithful, absolutely, I'm not their adversary. They know that I love them. They know where I stand. They don't want to come argue with me about what the Bible says. Pastor, you want to grab my the or Pastor, I, I'm in trouble. Can you help me? Let's, let's do it. Why would you do that? I'm not their adversary. But those who have crossed that line, they've made me their adversary. There's a difference. The prodigal, I'll go to the ends of the world for it. The disloyal. That's a different story because loyalty is not neutral. If somebody has come to you and wanted to defend their position, and I'm just generally speaking, this is just something for you to file away. He wants to defend their position and they have to bring the pastor into it and attack him to do it. You better think very carefully. How you respond to that? Because I can tell you right now who some, if they don't get, I'm just going to say it. Some of you husbands better get some contact information out of your wife's phone or it's just a matter of time. A matter of time. Better establish some protocol with situations in families. It's going to be a matter of time. Because there's a difference in us not agreeing. Have I established that? And then us being adversaries. And by the way, I'm a nice guy. I can get along with anybody. But that's the way disloyalty and loyalty to principles works. They're always like this. And I'll break down some of that code for you. Pastor, God is disloyal to you as the pastor. He's disloyal to this church. God is disloyal to his word. And I say, no, he's not. God is loyal to his under-shepherd. He's loyal to his church. He's loyal to his word. You're not. Let's not fall on the wrong side. Anybody. Pastor, I don't know why you're teaching this because, okay. You know I like U.S. history, right? I'm 12 minutes ahead of last week so give me 2 more minutes. <laughs> Who does the name Benedict Arnold? What is he known for? But if you know revolutionary history we would have never won our we would have never won our independence without Benedict Arnold. There was a time he was the top general He had no equal in his ability, in his knowledge. He had no equal in his leadership. No equal. Victories were won because of Benedict Arnold. But there came a disagreement when he felt like he should be able to do this and the command said, you're not going to do that. We're going to do this. And lo and behold, an opportunity came along. and just happened to be a British spy who passed himself off as one of them. Did you hear what I just said? And made an offer, and it was the right time, and who went to be the man who was a hero. Now he is only known as the traitor. When I put all, when I, years ago, read that story that, you know, I'm going to let that be a good lesson for me. I can teach a Sunday school class, and I can turn on the very people Who created me. I can pastor a church. And if I'm not careful. I can turn on the very people I pastor. If it's true of me. It's true of you as well. You know what would have kept Benedict Arnold. Where Benedict Arnold needed to be. If he had just stayed away. Those that wore the other uniform if you just not listened to them and their enticements well if that's true it's probably good for you and I don't you think hey, there's so many principles about loyalty you and I can disagree i hope we don't ever do don't, we, we don't ever but I, if we if we disagree on something we can still love each other we can still serve the lord together we can we can we can still maintain our relationship Eventually, you'll come around to see it my way. I mean, we can, we can do that. I don't. You know. You know. I've never demanded. You think like I think. You agree with everything I do. All I say is we have to agree on this. You know, we can. We need a little bit more of this in our churches. You know, I'll use my staff, and I'm, I'm six minutes ahead of last week. If Brother Martinez is doing something in the, in, the, in the kids' club, and he does something, and I've given him that responsibility, and I give him something, and I'm like, I wouldn't do it that way. I'm not going to go to him and say, I wouldn't do it that way. Well, there might be some things I would go to him. <laughs> or... He does something in his capacity that I don't agree with. We may talk about what I disagree with, but I'm loyal to him. I'm not going to put him in timeout <laughs> for that. There's been instances when something has probably been mishandled. See, Pastor, I just want to let you know about this, and this is what I appreciate. I'm going to let you take care of it. Because I can be loyal to you, and I can be loyal to whoever that person is in leadership. And I can say, let's correct this, or let's, 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 let's not do it this way again. But I've never, I've never let a church member trash a staff member. But I've never let a, ch- a staff member trash a church member either. Why? Because we ought to be loyal to one another. We got to be loyal as God's people. I hope this helps us tonight. Father, help us tonight as we apply these principles. May we be loyal to this book. May we love one another.